like, oh, you failed. I didn't fail. This is how it is. You know, it's fine. But um, I hate that that's the notion that, that it's fit like. Because they, I think a lot of people re- revolve life and success based on are you married or are you yeah, married? Yeah, yeah, in our region. I, I don't like that. Like, it's bullshit that because it bothers me. Because it put a lot of pressure on the people and they have to prove to the people that they're successful. Yeah. This is not success. It's got nothing to do with success. Absolutely not. But it just, it's kind of, it's not the best atmosphere, you know, when, when you want to leave and you can't because of the kids. I don't think it's fair for you. And I'm not saying it's a selfish thing, even though a lot of people would say, you know, you have to be selfish. Yeah, you do. But it's not about only selfish. It's not right. Welcome to today's episode sponsored by Delta Fitness. For me, there's nothing as important as a good workout. It actually has a direct effect on the quality of the work I produce on this podcast, which makes me super excited to announce my new partnership with Delta Fitness, a leading distributor, retailer, and service provider in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. For over 30 years, Delta Fitness has worked to provide fitness solutions in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Bahrain as a trusted partner for over 25 world-class brands such as Life Fitness, Cybex, Sports Art, InBody, Concept2, and many more. Their heritage, market knowledge, and geographic network allow them to provide unique health and fitness solutions across a variety of products and services including cardio, strength, accessories, flooring, lockers, body analyzers, recreational equipment, and gym hygiene. Beyond sports, Delta Fitness's reach covers events activities, facilities management, manpower supply, and training academy. Bismillah rahman rahim Welcome to the Mo Show podcast. Very excited about this episode. We have uh, Yasmin Gahtani. Yasmin Al-Gahtani is a rock climber who manages the Rock Climbing Federation under the Ministry of Sports here in Saudi Arabia. She is a mother of two twin boys. For me, that's like already too much on my plate. I mean, to have two kids and to manage a federation under the sports, you probably do a lot more than that. We're, we're going to get into it. She has a degree in computer programming that then took a wicked redirection to sports specifically or even rock climbing. Welcome to the show, Yasmin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's uh, it's my pleasure. How are you doing? I'm very excited to be here, actually. Me too. Me too. I met you once uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, I mean, we, we were talking and then you told me that you're big into rock climbing. And, uh, and I was like, wow, you know, we actually have a community of rock climbers in Saudi. I know we have some of the most incredible mountain ranges. But I never thought that, you know, we have people as avid as you that go out pretty much every other weekend. Um, and um, it's something that uh, that really inspires me and interests me. And maybe one day we can go out there. I want you to try. Actually, a lot of people will never understand what rock climbing is until they experience it. Such an amazing what experience. Is it? How do you uh, pitch me if we were in an elevator together? So you first have to know what rock climbing is because a lot of people, they kind of think rock climbing is mountain climbing, but it's so different. So rock climbing is actually using your fingertips, mm-hmm. your toes to climb a face of a mountain. Yeah, I'm with, already, a I'm, I'm, with a rope, I'm already <laughs> with a rope. With a rope, I do. My, my type is, is sport climbing. It's called lead climbing or bouldering. So bouldering is really short. It's safer and uh, 
it doesn't require any rope, but I like the ropes. So the one with the rope, do you have someone on the top who has a rope harnessed around him? Or is it the one where someone is standing on the bottom with you? So basically it's on the bottom, it's, yes. It's on the bottom. We call him a belayer or her a belayer. Okay. So climbing is actually um, a partnership with two people. There's a climber and there's a belayer. And then you exchange. So someone climbs, someone belays, and then the person goes back down and then you climb again. You know, the other person climbs again. That's usually, you know, the best scenario mm -hmm. and a good partnership. Uh, yeah, so you kind of, you feel safe if you have a good layer. <laughs> Any moments out there where you didn't feel safe? Okay, so I've climbed a lot. So clearly, yeah, I mean, in the end sport, you know, uh, rock climbing is an extreme sport. So it does have its danger, let's say. It's still pretty safe. I mean, I feel driving a car is less safe than climbing. Um, Especially around here. <laughs> definitely. I think anywhere. <laughs> uh, but with rock climbing, uh, because I climbed in many places, so yeah, you, you experience different uh, situations. Mm. And uh, there was a time when I felt, I cried on the wall, but I was alone. I felt, I cried, no one saw me. And I, in that second, I was like, what are you doing? You could have been that person who just stays in, in a living room on a couch watching TV. You would have been perfectly happy, you know? But then I'm like, no, I'm not happy. <laughs> I prefer this. Even if I'm going to die, I prefer dying while climbing. But yeah, it, it happened to me. Um, what was the, can you describe the incident? So, um, so as you said, you mentioned that climbing requires two people. And uh, this was a bit different type of climbing, which is a bit of a higher mountain, higher face. So it's called multi-pitch. So we, we kind of break down the climb into segments and we alternate when we climb so someone holds the rope the person climbs and then while the person's on the top the lower person goes climbs up so it ha you can do that so we continue up and then I w it was in italy by the way and uh there was a an area a segment where i didn't see the person that was climbing and i was belaying him and we always had some kind of communication where i i would you know, he would tell me, you know, he's he's locked or he's connected or he's on, you know, off belay, we call it, or, you know, like he's already in the anchor and it's ready for me to climb. Now, what happened is that part, I couldn't hear him. And I waited for like 20 minutes and usually 20 minutes is a, is a long time, you know, for climbing. So I was, you know, belaying him and then did he reach? Did he not reach? And I was calling his name, I was calling, shouting and everything. And we were already like 150 meters high. So that's considered really you high. You can't see the other person. I couldn't see him, I couldn't hear him. And I was like, okay, what do we do? Because there is a few seconds where he is not, like he is connecting. There's the connecting part, you know, and ready for me to climb. So there's that second where I have to be very, I have to be holding the rope while he does that. But then I didn't know anything about him. So I was like, what should I do? Should I just stay there? So I started waiting and waiting and it was like around 40 minutes. And I was like, okay, we're stuck in the middle of, you know, a face of a mountain. There's no one. It's only me and him, you know, a strange country. And we can't stay like that forever. Either we're gonna die from 
you know, just staying like that for a few days until he's dead or I have to make a move. So I did make a move. I decided, you know what, just do it. Try to go. If he's ready, he's ready. He's not ready for me to climb. And it turned out that he's, I'm not connected to him. And if I fall, I die because the rope is not really connected. It is what it is, you know? Oh yes. And I actually climbed and I was trying to be careful not to fall. But then something really bad happened and it started raining. At that second, it decided to rain. Is that the enemy of climbing? Uh, yeah, when the when the wall gets slippery and you can't hold on to anything and it becomes like soap. Yeah. And that was... that's when I'm like, start crying. Like I knew I was going to fall and I start just crying. And I was like, that's when the moment came. And I was like, I should have stayed home maybe. But then I realized that's not me. I'm a climber and it's okay. You know, I know what I'm putting myself into and it's okay. I'll try my best. If I do fall, at least I fall and die a happy person. And of course I didn't fall. <laughs> and so I'm here, but I'm happy. Uh, you know, no one wants yeah. to, no one wants to die. Yeah. Clearly no one wants to die. But we always say, you know, uh, death is going to happen. Death is going to come. At least we do something we love. Yeah, gave me goosebumps. But again, climbing is still safe. As safe as it can be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it doesn't <laughs> rain. Um, alhamdulillah. I mean, I mean, for you, that's probably like a, like a near-death experience. And I'm just lo looking at my notes. And, and, you know, one of the points here was, what is the hardest climb you've ever done? Uh, slash scariest moment you've ever had out there. Uh, and that's most probably it. Uh, yeah. So hardest climb, I don't really look at climbs uh, trying to hunt the hardest climb or try to achieve that. That's not my scope. I prefer um, climbing things that kind of stimulate a lot of things in me. You know, the fear, the the anger, the joy, the happiness, you know, all of these emotions to come out. And sometimes, because climbing is not only physical, it's a lot of mental, a lot of mental. And if you're not in the right state, if anything just triggered something, you won't perform well. So for me, climbing, it's the actual climb. Sometimes it plays around with your brain that makes it such a difficult climb when it could have been easier if you're in a different state. Okay. So, I mean, I was just about to ask that if you had a bad day or a bad week, you wouldn't advise that person to go out to climb. Well, it depends. I mean, I sometimes go because it is a release. Okay. It's my happy place. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, again, it triggers so many emotions and sometimes triggering so many emotions at the same time, it's like a roller coaster. You inject yourself with, you know, a booster. Endorphins. <laughs> of, exactly. <laughs> uh, but not only that, everything, you know, I'm telling you, even fear, you feel that, but then you feel good after that, you know, because you went through it and you realized, hey, I'm still, yeah. I'm good. Conquered. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Um, I have so much energy. I have, I, I, it just stimulates something. So you feel alive. So yeah, sometimes it's good to go out when you're not in the right state. And sometimes you need to be in, in the best yeah. state. I guess knowing yourself, you know, you got to know yeah. if, if climbing is going to serve you right now or exactly. not. When did you start? I started, of course, a few years back, but I started after an incident, which is divorce. That's when you started. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so usually after divorce, um, you know, uh, it's it's a life changing experience. Um, even though I feel not only divorce should be a life changing experience, any ending of any kind of relationship could be uh, a partnership, could mm-hmm. be friendship, could be uh, you know um, a long term relationship. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marriage, but it was a divorce that that made me want to be to do something different, uh, something I've never tried before, and something that is very challenging. Um, also, because it was something not too popular, I think that I felt something that was more me. That is my my time, and I don't need to see people that I am seeing every day. Yeah. So that was something that kind of encouraged me to explore a lot of sports and I did I explored a lot of sports and I failed in a lot of sports until I uh, I got introduced to rock climbing and the moment I tried it it was scary I thought people wanted to kill me <laughs> but uh, but then when I when I I was done I I became a different person I realized this is it I am the happiest person alive and found your thing. I found I found who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's really cool about it is I don't think there are two ways that are the same to get up. I, I know nothing about climbing, but mm. the whole circumnavigating your way up, should I go through that rock? No, that might not work. Let me go through here. That's pretty neat. The whole routing or the mapping out. Yeah. We call it visualization. Visualization. So you kind every person is different. Every person climbs differently. I'm a short person. I'm very short. And we always say short people climb and tall people just reach. <laughs> so it's different. They yeah. Their style is very different than a short person's yeah. style. And also it depends on your flexibility. It depends on what you're comfortable with and how much strength. Because really climbing is for everyone. I mean, it doesn't, it's not necessarily for a certain body type. It's literally for everyone. So it depends on how you see it and how you believe in yourself you can do it you just need to think you know and that's why it's very it's it has a lot of strategy around it also and how when you climb you wanna you don't want to get tired on the climb because it looks easy trust me it's not so you want to kind of figure out where are your relax you know like your rest spots they're not rest but Kind of rest. Restish. <laughs> Restish. Like you can like, oh, okay, I can breathe a bit. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, it's it's more being tactical, you know, like a tactic move and what's right and what's wrong. And sometimes one wrong move for you will just ruin everything, you know. So, and it's uh, climb, you know, some people stay on one climb for years, two, three years. Really? They don't finish it as efficient as possible until they get it, you know. I think it also requires a lot of concentration, right? Yeah. If you lose your concentration, that's yeah, hundred percent. But but it's it's about concentrating on controlling your how your brain is talking to you. That's what you need to. So medit. So for us, it's more medi- meditation. It makes you kind of zone out from everything. You don't hear anyone or anything, and you're really focusing on what your brain is telling you, and try to concentrate on being as relaxed as possible mm-hmm. fascinating I'm, I'm encouraged <laughs> uh switching gears ministry of sports 
I love that they gave you the position of uh, representative of rock climbing in Saudi Arabia. What's the experience been like working with them and what do you do there? So I'm managing the federation, which is, you know, it's a, it's a government entity for, for the sport. Almost every sport has its own federation to govern it, to uh, support, develop. So this is what I do. And rock climbing is a new sport. The federation only started three years ago and I, I worked with them since it was established. Um, it's very interesting to work in, in, in the Ministry of Sports uh, under them. And it's, it's really a learning place. It's not easy. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's, uh, it's a lot of responsibility. And you're, you're working with different entities. So we're not talking only about a ministry which they give us a lot of support, you know, we're under them. So they're supporting us 100%. Um, but then there are people that you want to please too. But you're kind of, you know, you're like the police. <laughs> so it's always like difficult, you know, to give to the people what you want because you also have to be governing and you also have to control it. So it's not the the smoothest job ever you know we're working with international federation we're working with local people we're working with people who have dreams and they want things to happen so quick and we all want things to happen so quick but in the end there are also other entities ministry of sports ministry of tourism uh, vision 2030 we all have to work together and everyone has their own agenda so we kind of have to be aligned with everyone so it's not easy to communicate with everyone it, it, it's not easy to communicate with one person and get two people to agree on exactly. something let alone a body you know or, yeah. a, or or a federation yeah so i can't even imagine how difficult your job is but it's it's the best job i ever had in my life like i'm really? so honestly grateful. huh yes i'm so grateful with all its ups and downs, it's uh, it's exhausting. Uh, I can't, I, no matter how much I tell you, a lot of people are like, oh my God, you're so lucky you're working in what you love doing. Yes, of course. But again, it's still a lot of office work. It's a lot of traveling. I'm, I'm still a mother, you know? And I travel in one week, two to three times. <laughs> On a plane? A week? Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, so ministry is in Riyadh. I am in Jeddah. And the sport is everywhere around Saudi. Okay. So you can imagine. Um, is the majority of the climbing down south in the Abha Tanoma region? Now, I, I'm not going to say yes. It, it, maybe if you asked me a few months ago, I would say definitely climbing spot mm -hmm. is o mostly in the south. But of course, we've developed in multiple places. We've developed in Riyadh, in around around Jeddah, which is Taif area. There is a really nice crag there. We call it crag, so a spot where it's for climbing, it's called a crag. Um, and then in the south, definitely it's like heaven, you know, world-class, beautiful. But now we're actually introducing a new place next week, Neom. All right. And it's going to be the largest in Saudi Arabia. Fantastic. And it's different. And every area in Saudi Arabia, this is what's so interesting about climbing in Saudi Arabia than any other country, is that usually in, in one country, 
usually they have the same terrain. So when you go, let's say to Spain, it's all the same rock type. It's all the same style. It's just you're going different routes or different locations. But in Saudi, literally every spot is yeah. so different. Yeah, yeah. And Neom is is phenomenal. Is it closer to how Al Ula looks with these? And looks like yes. more like a, yes. It's closer to that. Yes, it's closer. Al Ula, unfortunately, looks beautiful, but it's not climbable. It's not climbable. No, it's what is that rock? It looks like Mars. Is that that it's red? Sand, it's sandstone. Okay, it's sandstone, but it's gorgeous, like though. It looks I know, beautiful. I know. It's it's very deceiving. It's a teaser for us where it looked like it, it was like, It looks oh my like God. the most incredible thing to climb. And then you touch it and it becomes powder and you're like, yeah. mm, okay, I'm staying on the ground. <laughs> See that movie, 143 Minutes yes. by J- James Franco? It was know? 127 127, or something like yeah, that. 127. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same rock formation, same in Neom, 100%. Okay. All right. That, I think that was like Utah, Arizona, that red rock. Yes, red so rock. So Neom is close to that kind of terrain. Yes, yes. How interesting. And it's beautiful. It's really, really like magical. I got a visit. I feel like Neom's gonna have like that whole daredevil side to it where adrenaline junkies are gonna flock to. Oh, 100%. Base jumpers are already there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Climbers are already there. And hopefully you're gonna hear some great news about sports in general. Mm. in Neom it's it's gonna happen and it's something like I just found out yesterday and I'm like well thanks for sharing that that's (laughs) That's all I can tell you (laughs) gave us us a scoop we'll try to get some more out of you throughout this uh, podcast Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we we touched on uh, obviously what you've done uh, in in the climbing world and Mm -hmm. and it's a lot in your work with the Ministry of Sports I want people to get a chance to get to know you as me on a personal level how do you explain yourself in one line? Not that you should explain yourself to anyone. How would you describe yourself in a line or two? I am very complicated, let's say. Um, I feel like I have different personas within me. So um, I could be the fun person. I could be the very serious person. I could be the mother which a lot of people in the climbing community call me the mother, just because I like to take care of everyone. Um, and I can be, you know, the co- I'm just everything. So I'm very complicated, very emotional, very emotional. Uh, to the extent like you can call me crazy. <laughs> no, but uh, so I have that, but also very strong and it depends on the, so yeah, complicated. I'm very complicated, yet simple. I don't know how that works, but... But I don't know how I understood that. <laughs> <laughs> I think life requires us to wear a bunch of hats. Yeah. You, I mean, you can't not... It isn't a uh, one hat fits all. Exactly. I have a corporate hat. I have a podcast hat. I have a baba, father, father hat. I have a husband hat. I have a hat that I wear when I'm around my friends. So there are horses for courses. Yeah, I think it's okay you know like i think the older we grow and the more experience we we go through we realize this is just all part of life and we need to be more diplomatic about it for ourselves so we need to we need to be in that situation in that way but at the same time at the same time you know it could be in that instant i have to be somewhere something else um yeah so Maybe someone from the outside can say, oh my God, what's wrong with this person? You know, like I, I can't figure that person out. It just, 
you know, it's part of the adventure of getting to know Yasmin. <laughs> what kind of relationship did you have with your parents? Were you closer to one over the other? Okay, um, so my relationship with my parents is very, I would say, different. Uh, I hope my parents don't listen to this. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to send them a link. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so my parents, when I grew up, I, I wasn't that close to them. I was, um, I loved to live in my own bubble, okay? Uh, maybe because I used to see them, you know, as parents. You know, there has to be... Um, some kind of limit between us uh, and maybe because my parents job as being diplomats they kind of did not encourage that I you know be very close to them so as as a young person I only saw them as parents not as friends um, but it's okay you know that's how we were and it's fine but I would say who was I closer to my mom me being a girl wanted you know to to talk to someone so it would be my mom but when i got older and my dad got older i think when both of us got older i realized i'm way much closer to my dad than my mom i became closer i i saw my dad in a different eye from a different eye i saw him not the person that i i i kind of wanted to see him so i saw him as the father the strong the oh i don't want to make him upset or I, I shouldn't talk to him like that because i'm only a child you know you know he's not going to take me seriously but then i realized oh my god he's so emotional you know oh i just want to hug him and you know like oh everything is going to be okay kind of thing you know he's he's very he, the older they get the more vulnerable they become but then also the more open they become and the more um they express themselves more yeah and i realized you know oh you know we're we're very close now you know how about childhoods what was your childhood like if you were to sum it up mm, again i was a daughter of diplomats so, um we were going to a lot of formal events let's say everything was formal everything my my life was formal um my parents life was formal so it was interesting I was always with older people. <laughs> to grow up quick, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I have an older brother anyway, because it's me and my brother. So I was always with him. I don't have younger siblings. Uh, so he was my closest friend. Yeah, so I grew up quickly because of that. How has your life changed for either the better, which I hope it did and I trust it did, uh, or for the worse, which I hope it did not? How has your life changed since the divorce? Um, I could say I'm a different person, 100%. I'm, I'm a 100% different person to the best, to the better. And I might change more later. But I, I, I kind of say also before marriage, the marriage also changed me. You know, like it's just different chapters of life. And I don't like to see as, oh, because I got divorced, or because there was a divorce, that means it has to be something negative after, or like, oh, how did it change? You know, it 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 happens, you know. And again, I yes, divorce is huge. It is a life changing thing. Yes, but also I see friendship. You know, we should also put all these 
different relationships in the same category. By the way, friendship is still as important as marriage, you know. Uh, having a relationship with a, with a family member, like a parent or something, you don't have that, is huge too, you know. Um, any relationship is huge. So I think we change throughout life, not only because of a divorce, but even not being a friend of someone, you know, to someone or not, or a breakup, a regular relationship breakup. That's still huge. And it should change it. Yeah. So I changed a lot during, after the divorce and even after, you know, throughout the time also. So I just, and it's not like change, it's more evolve. It's a good way to look at it. So yeah, I'm evolving and probably will evolve, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I bet. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just part of growing as a human. And that's when they say a person becomes wise when you're older. It's not because of your age, but because of the experiences. You totally. You strike me as a person that doesn't want to stop learning. Oh, no. That will always immerse themselves in any situation, you know, just to get the experience. 100%. And I'm always going to see myself as really young. So I'm probably going to be one of those people who are was like maybe 95 years old and still act like I'm 25. Yeah. And still wear like I'm a 25-year-old <laughs> person. Um, yeah, so. Something that doesn't make sense to me is people, and this is just my opinion, is people who stay together for the sake of the kids. There's a lot yeah. of circumstances where that's the case. Unfortunately, yes. Um, okay, I had kids. So I my issues actually happened in the process of having the kids, you know, like, um, so it's not like after having the kids, but it was in the process, but I decided to stay. I decided to fight for it. I'm not telling you, you know, I'm, I, we don't need to talk about the details, but I decided, no, I wanted to be that person, you know, fight for it, for the kids, not even for the kids. I think I wasn't even ready to leave, you know, I was like, still, no, no, no. Um, I was scared, scared to be on my own, you know, after, you know, a long time of marriage. And I was, I was worried, you know, like it's, and especially how people see you like, oh, you failed. I didn't fail. This is how it is. You know, it's fine. But um, I hate that that's the notion that, I know. that it's fit like. Because they, I think a lot of people re revolve life and success based on, are you married or are you yeah, married? Yeah, in is, our region. I, I don't like that. Like it's bullshit. That because it, you put me. a lot of pressure on the people and they have to prove to the people that they're successful. Yeah. This is not success. It's got nothing to do with success. Absolutely not. But it just, it's kind of, it's not the best atmosphere, you know, when when you want to leave and you can't because of the kids. I don't think it's fair for you. And I'm not saying it's a selfish thing, even though a lot of people would say, you know, you have to be selfish. Yeah, you do. But it's not about only selfish. It's not right. It's just not right to do something. I don't think it's it's healthy or right for your own body and your own health because health is not, it's not, you're not serving your health either. I don't think it's right for the kids. You might say, but I'm doing it for the kids. Not really, because in my opinion, I feel the kids, they don't want to feel guilty when they grow up saying, oh, they just stayed because of me. They will feel guilty. You might say, oh, but they will you know, say, oh, because of me, they got divorced. No, they'll get over it. Once they get older, they'll understand and everything. They'll get over it. But to, I think, understand that their mother or their father stayed in the marriage. 
because of it, they'll always feel guilty. They won't be happy. You know, they feel that they created unhappiness for two people or one person. And I don't think any person wants to go through that. Number two, I think it's so wrong because you're giving the wrong example to the kids that this is what marriage is about, being unhappy, which shouldn't be. It's not the right message. No. So I think kids will appreciate, I hope, you know, but thankfully, like I talk to my kids a lot and I, I ask them, are you happy that this happened? Are you okay with it? You know, express. And I think they respect the fact that a person can say, no, this is not good for me anymore and it's time to move on because I'm teaching them that they shouldn't accept something that's not good for them, you know? It's okay, you know? And again, it's not about failure. It's not about anything. It's about, it doesn't work anyway. It's like being in a job, you know, that makes you unhappy. You can't stay. It's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. Mm. How old are you boys? They're 12. They're 12, mashallah. They're twins. And they fully understand when you talk to them about oh yeah how things are now they are yes. very much coherent i'm sure <clears throat> I, I got divorced when they were two and a half years old when they were two and a half mm -hmm. all right forgive me i thought it was something a lot more recent than, no than no 10 no. years ago no no two and a half um they were really young okay but it's fine i was a single mom i took care of them um twins it wasn't easy uh but i loved the journey and it made me stronger just like me getting into climbing made me stronger and resilient to things this also taught me a lot you know um again you know a lot of people but it's twins how, how can you do twins you know it is what i know you know like i it's the same thing with with being a mother of two people as a single mother it's what i know you know that's what i know i'm you know i'm putting in my head that i just have to make it happen not dwell on why is this happening? Why is this? Why is no? Just you know, challenge it. Take the challenge, accept it, and enjoy the ride. So throughout this, since they were two and a half years old, I always took them as adults. Um, I had to because I travel a lot, so they had to be uh, very independent for my sanity too. You know, I they're twins, two people, two kids, toddlers, you know, what am I going to do? So I had to talk to them. I had to tell them, "Listen, you're adults. I can be I believe in yourself." So I they grew up being that person, you know. So they're very independent. They understand things, you know. Kids understand, by the way, especially nowadays, you know. I I remember when I was young, I used to understand things and my parents thought I was just a child. But no, I understand things. So it's, I think, very important to talk to kids and treat them as adults. They will start developing also that um, that personality of, yeah, I'm confident, you know, because I feel like I'm an adult. And an adult respects my opinion and adults actually talk to me and listens to what are my needs. So that's, that's something important, I feel. Especially when they see that their parent believes in them yes. and speaks to them as an adult that self-belief pushes them to be better than the average. 100%. You know, I have the backing of my parents. You know, yes. My parent believes in me, so if they believe in me, I believe in myself. 100%. I, my kids, I take them as my best friends. I tell them everything. You know, When I cry, I, I cry in front of them. I, I become vulnerable in front of them. I talk to them. They, they're, you know, they give me their shoulder to cry on it. It's fine. You I know? love that. Yeah.
just want to go back to when you said that you had to raise your kids on your own at the age of two and a half onwards. One of my favorite verses in the Quran is that God will not give you more than you can handle. And when you hear that verse, it almost gives you like a superpower to feel that I can get through anything in of life. Course. If, if, if God said that he will never give me more than I can handle. And, and he didn't give you more than you can <laughs> handle because you killed it, because you did it for the past 10 years and look at the smile on your face. And I think that without that, you wouldn't be as strong as you are mentally of course. or even physically in your rock climbing. 100%. I mean, I, what you said is so nice. You know, like for me now, I'm going to use that, you know, when I talk to people. Um, yeah, I always believe like everything happens for a reason, 100%. There is no, um, no coincidences. Um, it happened. Uh, maybe I can actually be a bit more transparent about something. Um, so when I got pregnant, I didn't know that I was going to get pregnant with twins. And I was not too happy about having twins when I found out. And I actually, and I have no, like, I, I would just say it out loud, you know, uh, I was actually thinking of not, you know, aborting one, let's say, it's, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pro this, you know, if, if something doesn't serve me. I, too much on your plate having to. I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to do. So I was actually, I decided one is enough. I can't, I can't, it's not me, you know, I don't know what to do. I'll have another one eventually. Um, but then eventually I, I, I didn't do it. You know, you know, the mother in me, when I heard the heartbeat as usual, you know, you start crying and you're like, I can't do this. And I was like, oh my God, but what am I going to do? You know, I was married and, um, but still, you know, it's not something I ever imagined myself to have twins, you know. It was me and my brother in the house when we were kids, and that was like a lot. <laughs> so imagine having twins, and I always thought there will be a gap between two kids. But then I was like, you know what? Okay, you know, let's go with it. And then when I got divorced, I kind of understood why God made me have twins. Because God knew I was going to get divorced, and God knew maybe it's going to take me a while until I get married again. Wow. So in a way, I actually had twins because I don't have to feel that rush to get married just to have kids. You know what I mean? And it's fine. If it happens, it happens. It doesn't happen. It's still fine. You don't, you're not pressured because of time or because, you know, you want to. I, and that for me, that was the thing that actually taught me that even if something bad happens or something good happens or whatever happens, it was happen it happened for a reason there is a reason i might not know now i will know eventually and and that's how i see things yeah i could be very negative sometimes but and i could very i could go down by the way it's like what do you mean go down like really emotionally oh. get okay. yeah. feel down yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know yeah yes yes i mean i mean it's all of us it's this it's is normal this is i mean normal. we can't say we're I always was super happy. down today at some point like really like i yeah, was about to punch a wall it's it happens but then you realize after you know it all passes after a day two days three days a month it wasn't important and then you realize this happened because of that that and it gave you something there's always something positive there's never whatever negative we see now 
you'll realize there's always a positive outcome. It's the way to look at it. The way to look at it. Even though at that moment you're like, I am, I feel it. I know it's something positive, but you can't see it. You know, like, oh, okay, I'm so down. I'm going to dwell. It's fine. Let me go mm. through it. But then, you know, eventually it's something good. I'll give you another one. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. It's 100%. It's all in the head. Yeah. It's the reaction is definitely just your brain. Your brain tells you something and you believe it. Yeah. And again, it's like in rock climbing, you know, your brain tells you something and you believe it and you can't perform. So... It's all in the brain, but it's always positive. Thanks for sharing uh, what you just shared a few minutes ago. It was very courageous of you. And um, it just it's a testament to how honest and transparent you are as a person. And it's very rare. So I appreciate you sharing such a personal topic uh, with me, honestly. <laughs> okay, thanks. And my audience. <laughs> Would you entertain the idea of getting married again? Yeah, why not? If there's, yeah, sure. Um, I'm not. Again, it's not something that I am, you know, desperately looking for. Um, but marriage itself, uh, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Just like being in a relationship is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pro everything, you know. Uh, but marriage has something, you know, because it's not only about you and that person, but it's also you, the person, the family. The it, it's it's something I I appreciate more, and you know, so. It's nice. A lot of facets to it, absolutely. <laughs> Besides um, the fear of being on a mountain and climbing and the worst happening, do you have a worst fear outside the realm of rock climbing? Um, yeah. You'll be you'll laugh when I tell you that, even though I do it a lot. I'll try to restrain myself. Fear of flying on a plane. <laughs> Even with all the flying that you do, yes, I, yeah, like I try, I try to stay as calm as possible. But deep inside me, I'm like shouting, "The plane is gonna fall!" Because we have no control when we're in the air. Exactly. Like I always have to be on a window seat to make sure there's no fire coming out of the engine. But yeah, I, I, I freak out on a plane, hundred percent. And people are like, "What?" You know, like you're a rock climber. You should, it's like, no, I'm not scared of rock climbing. Yes, it has its thing. Yes, it has that nice fear, you know, where it has just enough fear to make you want to stay safe, which is very important. Like you have a hand on the edge. Exactly. It, it makes you more aware and more conscious. But plain and just like <laughs> heart attack, every, mini heart attacks every time, mini heart attacks. After episode after episode after every bump, you know, like it's the turbulence that gets you. Oh, 100%. T take off as well? No, take off, I'm fine. I put music on and I'm good. Okay. But once the turbulence happens, like I can't even put music and, and try to zone out. I'm just need to take off everything and focus on every move, you know, like just go with the flow and just, you know. Not the best feeling. Psychology says that if you are able to see in front of you in a plane, some Instagram psychology page that I was reading, if you could see in front of you, it would eliminate 70% of the fears we have of flying. The thing is, we don't know what's in front of us. And that doesn't help at all. And it's you know pitch black at night, and then you feel turbulence, and you don't know what's but happening, yes. and you're not in control, and you can't see. It's like being blindfolded and being thrown into something. I know, I know. But we I all know. do it. I always fear like the plane is just going to 
break yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know. So yeah, or it just goes down and that's it, you know. Yeah. It's nah. it's really a, a fascinating thing. I mean, even when you're on the ground and you know, look at a piece of metal flying and I'm like, you know, there's two or three hundred people on that plane. How is it going that fast? You know, it's really I marvel I know at planes in the air and it's so normal. Yet it's just so high risk, I feel. It is. It is. Uh, and yeah, and we do it a lot, you know, like I again, I travel a lot and sometimes I try to make myself feel more comfortable by looking at the, you know, the screen of all the flights that will depart mm-hmm. and arrive and make see there's so many Ha- flights happening in one second and nothing is happening. You, didn't oh, you, hear- you have it bad, huh? Oh, yeah. You you, you go to that level. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not getting better with time? No. <laughs> Lately, I'm very lucky that I haven't been feeling the turbulence. So okay. that's the only thing that's keeping me okay. But the moment we have turbulence, it's like, that's it. That's my last, uh, my last flight ever as I'm dying now. Not because I'm never going to fly. It's just because I'm dying. Can I tell you what helped me with my fear of flying? Skydiving. Would you change anything about your life if you were to be born again? Mm, yes and no. Um, I think most part, most of it I won't because it is still who I am right now, regardless if it's good or bad. But... Um, yeah, I would change some things. I, I I think I would want I would want to have a conversation with myself. Yes. At what age? Three, four? That young. What would you tell her? I would just tell her not to be too hard on yourself. You know, like um, life will move on. You'll go through a lot of experiences and you should enjoy everything, the good, the bad, just enjoy it. You will grow and you will be strong and everything is okay. So not to take people like, a lot of people are being the child molded, what is okay, what is not okay. And I think it is fine. I think us as parents is our job to kind of protect our our kids or even not even schools to protect our the children and everything. And so we are always used to telling people, you know, kids do this, don't do that. But then if you are not like that or you do something not like that, you start feeling like maybe you're not the the best person. And this is wrong because eventually you grow and you're like, no, this is, you know, it's just who I am. You know, you don't like it and not my problem. It's your problem. So I think it would be nice to have that kind of conversation. Just, you know, enjoy life the way it is and just do the choices and don't ask for too many um, advices. Make your own mistakes. Yeah. Any regrets, Yasmin? Do you carry any regrets? Um, yeah, I do. I think everyone does. It's normal. We're humans. We we carry regrets. We shouldn't carry regrets, but we do. Um, we hurt people through time, you know, just hurt people by saying things. Uh, um, and at the same time, um, we let people, we allow people to hurt us regardless how it is. So um, I wish this wouldn't have happened, you know, not allow people to hurt you and at the same time not hurt people. 
yeah, that's one of my biggest regrets. You dwell on it a lot? You think about it? No, not anymore. You know, I, I've passed that stage. But yeah, there is a time where I feel guilty. And then I realize just part of, you know, being human. You forgive yourself. You forgive others. I, I try. It's mainly forgiving others more than, you know, because it's easy for you to talk to someone and say, I'm so sorry if I hurt you, if I said something that I didn't mean. But it's usually the other way around, you know, that you really take it and, you know, you, you go through anger. And I don't think it's worth it. I believe in the end that every person has a very good part. And if someone hurts you, I'm sure in a way they never wanted to hurt you. I don't think there's anyone in this world that really are, is doing it deliberately. You know, just, I want to hurt that person. In their head, probably they're like, they're very sorry, but they don't know how to say sorry. They're embarrassed. They're scared. They're nervous. But the Arias means some narcissists out there. Yes, they are. But I know it's still deep inside. They are because there's an issue. There's a problem that they, mostly that happened throughout their childhood. So in a way, they, they want to feel safe and secure, and it comes out in a very negative way, but they don't see it as negative. It's almost like they were a product of their environment. Yeah, so I don't blame them, you know. Yeah. I wish they can, they can learn from it. I wish they can change. I wish they can... And, Seek yeah. help. Yeah, and I think that only happens when you want to start figuring yourself out or try to understand yourself, and this comes by time, I yeah. think. Totally. If there was a billboard that the whole country or the region or the world can see, a billboard like the ones you see on Times Square, that the whole world can read on a message that you would put up there for 24 hours, what would that message be? Love everyone. Just love everyone. Uh, share love. Um, it's beautiful. That we are a bubble of love which is positive energy for everyone, which is part of, you know, what God represents, which is love and nur, energy. And energy, and for me, I, I believe that love is energy, is a form of positive energy. What is love? If you say, what is love? It's just making someone feel good. You share, you give good, positive, and you receive positive. And it makes you feel all, you know, inside all... You know, warm and fuzzy. More, exactly, because of all the energy. So I think it just—it's a beautiful message. I mean, yeah. with that message, you avoid wars. Yeah. You avoid uh, bullying. You, uh, everyone is a friend. It's almost like, almost like the perfect world. That exactly, and you connect with God more. If you, you believe in God, God, yeah, you you connect with God, the universe. Yeah. What's next for you in your uh, quest through? the challenges of rock climbing and being the mother of the two twin boys. What is next for Yasmin from here? Okay, um, I really hope I can stay in this field, regardless in what form. Like I, as I said, I, I am a climber. Um, I'm also managing the sport in the country and I am working on developing the sport in the country and focusing on children so which is the future so this is the future i see you know i want my kids to be good climbers uh if they don't want to, it's fine no pressure but i'm hoping like you know so who am i what is you know where do i see myself in the future i a mother of climbers and supporting them if they want to 
or any other sport, but also try to make climbing in Saudi Arabia, you know, the best sport ever. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be a climber. That's my that's that's my dream. That's I where that. I want to be. But at the same time, I'll also focus on myself. I love traveling. I love seeing other countries, new countries. Um, so travel more, you know. Somewhere you want to go? Yeah. Somewhere on your list that you haven't been to? Yeah, uh, actually. Please say to- the one. Please say it's the country I have in mind. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> so for winter sports. Which I love doing. Uh, I would love to go to Finland. Yeah, no, not, not far. I was thinking Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> Finland, Finland, huh? Finland, yeah. yeah. And for rock climbing, as you know, going rock climbing and also seeing a country, uh, visiting countries, it's actually three countries and together that it's a trip that I want to do. And actually, in a way, I want to do it. It's very different. I'll tell you right now about it, but I want to go to Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos. Wow. And climb Asia. around. Okay. Yeah. All these three countries together. Are they known for climbing yes. locations? But how I want to do it is I want to go hitchhiking. So I want to go throughout, you know, around these these countries okay. and crossing the borders hitchhiking. The, the, you're quite daring. I want to do it. I want to see if I can do it. I think I can do it. I mean, yeah, I I want to do it. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I've seen Broke Down Palace. And maybe you should watch that. Movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Interesting. You, there's something about you that, that. And I don't want to do I'm, it in any I'm other country. I'm going to be following your story. <laughs> I don't want to do it in any other country. Please I've be decided, careful. Yeah, don't worry. Take I'll, a I'll, bodyguard. I'll, yeah, I'll something. definitely have someone. I'm not going to do it solo. Net. I'm not going to do it solo because, yeah, I, I yeah. still love my, you yeah. know, I have kids and okay. I have to take care of myself and all that. But I definitely want to do it with, with whoever, whoever wants to is up for the challenge amazing uh but it's these countries i don't know why i was like you know what i want to do a hitchhiking yeah. if i need to take a boat to go from one place by just you know hitchhiking and asking for that please i'm not gonna pay for transportation and wow. i want to see if i can do it or not i've never heard of such a story someone wanting to do something <laughs> like that that's amazing that really really is cool um i'll definitely be watching Documented. And come back alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just have a support vehicle or a support person 100%. with you. Amazing. Um, I am out of bullet points and questions, and I've spoken to you about everything I plan to speak to you on. I want to thank you so much for opening up on things that you opened up on. Like, really, it's uh, been very informative. Um, I appreciate your storytelling, your adventures your accomplishments i loved hearing everything about i feel i I know you so well now thank you and i hope uh, the viewers got a chance to know you as well i hope so yeah Uh, i'm so happy to to be able to share things about me you know just talk is there something you want to leave us with before we wrap up um i loved our conversation by the way yeah it was it was it was just so organic that's good um what do i want to keep you know just uh always watch the show listen to it i think <laughs> i do i do um, what's gonna be like for those who want to go rock climbing you know, don't think twice about it just go <laughs> no i uh, honestly you. honestly anyone who wants to rock climb just contact me i'll try to direct you or i'll, I'll put take all you. your details in the information 
box in YouTube so people can reach out to you yeah, social media challenge really um, and especially people who are not in Saudi they yeah. should I want them to come to Saudi and see something different they're always you know in for a surprise like whoa I didn't know it was like this oh yeah. people are so friendly oh the terrain here oh no, you know course. the food here we get that a lot oh, yeah. the friendliness oh we didn't know people were so friendly we want that. We all want people to come and rock climb here just for the sake of doing it. You know, they'll take beautiful photos, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Instagram photos. <laughs> yeah, it's an Instagram moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, Yasmin. Thanks for taking the time. We took a lot of your time tonight. Oh, I loved it. I really I, appreciate it I'm as well. I'm so happy to be here. We, um, we will, you know, do our best. Me, my wife, we'll try to come out with you. We'll, Please do. We'll head up the rock climbing. We, we were excited to be here, hear about what you're going to be up to in, uh, in the future, in the space, in your capacity as the, the, the head of the Rock Climbing Federation for the Ministry of Sports. And um, again, thank you really for everything that you've shared. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Solidly Such a nice, it. really nice opportunity yeah. and really so much fun. And uh, yeah, I hope, I wish you good luck. Thank you so show. much. I'm going to so need much. it. No, come on. <laughs> but I really, you know, hope the best. You're a star. Also. Thanks, Yasmin. All the best. Thank you.